The most simple one is just start. Just start, do it imperfectly. I know that's uncomfortable, but even when I first started my email list, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know 100% where I was gonna go with my email list. Am I going to talk about email in my email? I didn't know. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna kinda share what feels good to me. You're listening to the Copywriter On Call podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gillis, copywriter, word magic maker, and owner of What Sarah Said. On this podcast, you'll feel empowered to show up online in a way that has you saying, that's so me. Let's get started. Welcome back to a special bonus episode of the Copywriter On Call podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gillis, and I am clocking some on-call hours today with my email coach and the founder of the email club, Shannon, aka Mrs. Bondi. Hello, thanks so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I can't wait to chat with you all about email and swipe files and why they are so game-changing for everyone. But would love to start with you introducing yourself and telling us who you are and what you do. Sure. I'm Shannon, aka Mrs. Vondi. I'm the founder of the Email Club, sometimes dubbed the Email Queen or an Email Coach. I'm kind of like the Khaleesi of names when it comes down to it, I guess. I just They just love keep it. adding on at the end. But yeah, so I fell in love with email marketing when I sent one email to my list and I made $2,600. And I thought, oh, this is what everyone is talking about when they say you need an email list because I had been a business owner for 10 years and wasn't using one. So I had a very eye-opening experience with email very quickly. So tell us what made that email convince you or change your mind that emails were spending your time. What was your previous business and why did this kind of, I guess, previous, current, both, all the things? Both, yeah, a little bit both. Yeah. Tell me why this changed everything for you. Yeah, so I had been a wedding photographer and then for 10 years and then the pandemic hit and basically cleared my entire calendar. And so I started helping a friend of mine with email marketing who I knew from online and she was stuck at home with two little kids and needed help. So I started helping her and I started to learn what I needed to do with email marketing. And I thought, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna try it. I'm just gonna see what happens. So that's when I sent the one email and I thought, do other business owners know about this? Did they realize this one exists and two is awesome? And how come nobody's helping them? How come there's no, at the time, I feel like now maybe you hear about a little bit more, at the time, there weren't really a ton of done-for-you services. There weren't a ton of people, or I'll say there were people teaching about email, but it tended to be like over my head most of the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what they were talking about, and I'm now obsessed with email, so it's kind of funny that I didn't understand what they were saying. So I started the email club. At the time, it was Mrs. Vonda Emails, now it's the email club, and I just was like, I just need to help other business owners know how important and helpful and amazing this is in your business. Absolutely. So what was the email you sent? Was it a sale? Was it a, hi, this is who I am and how I can serve you in the midst of the pandemic? What what was it? Yeah. So I sent an email. It was a sale. I ran a print sale to my current clients and they went done for it. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty awesome. so awesome. I think yeah. I actually only wound up, I made it, might have sent, sent two emails, but I, I don't think I sent more than two emails over that weekend either. So it Normally, I would recommend sending more. So it's kind of crazy to think that had I actually done it the way that I would recommend doing it now, what would have happened? How much more I would have probably earned? But what was funny is after doing that, I actually was skeptical. I thought, this is just a fluke. This is just a one-time thing. I thought, there's no way. So I I ran it again. I ran another print sale probably like five-ish months later and made another like $1,400. And so I was like, 
oh, this this works. And at the end of the year, I'd actually made $13,000 from just email marketing in that business. That's fantastic. And in the midst of the pandemic, nonetheless, when you were like, okay, how do I make money? Here it comes. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I, that. I, I mean, it. I literally said I sent one email that saved my business and changed my life. See, that's the power, guys. That's the power. Okay. So one of the most favorite things that you say that I keep in my mind all the time is it's just an email. This resonates so much with me, not only as a copywriter, but just as like a communicator in general. But I would love to hear your thoughts about where that comes from and why you think it's so effective to getting us out of our own way. Yeah. I mean, I think as business owners, we have to wear a lot of hats, right? There's a lot of things we have to do. There's a lot of pressure to do it all too for some reason it seems like if we were corporations and had a huge team of people doing things it wouldn't be as like quote unquote judged like that but as small business owners it's almost everything is on our plate and it almost feels especially when you're starting out you almost feel guilty to offload some of it and so i think when hearing something as simple of it's just an email it's kind of a relief to think oh that's one more thing i don't have to be perfect at that's one more thing I don't have to learn how to do really well. It's just an email <laughs> at mm -hmm. the end of the day. So I would guess that's probably why it resonates so much. Yeah. And I think, too, that desire to be perfect, we're never going to be. And so holding that on our shoulders as like, well, I can't do this because it won't be perfect. That is dispelling that myth right there, right? You can do it, even if you have a typo, even if you forget to attach something, forget to put a link in, like, it's just an email. You can send another one. Yeah. Or you can just try again the next day and do it better. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. It's such a relief for me. <laughs> I say that to myself every time I write an email to my list. It's like, it's just an email. I hope it resonates. I hope it reaches. And I hope at the end of the day, sure, people want to work with me, but it's just an email. And if just they don't, email. then I can try again next time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just that love simple. That. And I think we think... We get in our heads, right? We're not saving lives usually. I mean, most business owners, I imagine listening to this, are not like doctors. So we're not saving lives here. We're just trying to run our businesses and live our lives and find some semblance of freedom and ability to not feel like we're living paycheck to paycheck, right? Right, absolutely. And I think too, email is just another way to express yourself and to communicate to your audience who you are and why you do what you do. So I would love to hear your thoughts on how email is really another way that we can just show people who we are. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly a lot like building another community, like any other social. It's not a social platform per se, but like a social platform, it's very similar in that way that you want to build trust, you want to nurture, you want to give value. And the reason that email is so powerful is that you have a direct line. You're not fighting an algorithm to get to your ideal people. And also these people, if, if you've done it right, they have raised their hand to say they want to be on your list, right? So they're already warmer than most people because they're interested in what you have to say. They have taken the next step. They have said, I want to hear more from you. And that's why email tends to be so much more powerful than kind of any other platform. Right. That invitation to greet someone in their inbox on a regular basis, that's a big deal. Like, that's yeah. a privilege. And I mean, like you said, if you do it right and you treat it right, it can be a really great avenue for communication. 
Absolutely. And it's not just a one-way street, right? We want people to reply to our emails. So what do you say to people who are like, I email my list, but they ghost me. Nobody replies. I mean, and that's going to happen sometimes, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that they're not resonating either. I think we've it's kind of crazy. We've come into a society now that we expect instant gratification. Social has kind of trained us to expect almost, I find myself doing that on social too, of like, oh, no one liked my story. Is it good? I'm like, why am I worried about this? But you know, it can, obviously it can happen to anybody. So I think that it's one of those things that we've kind of trained ourselves to get a like, get a comment, get a reply, whatever, almost instantly. An email that's not as common so I would say if you feel like you're wanting to get more replies, something I always think is I try and write my emails to one person more than like an entire thinking of an entire list of people. I think, how can I write this to just one person and make it feel like we're having a conversation? And I find that that works pretty well. And also just sometimes just testing different things, trying different things. I like experimenting with different things. So I think that's why email is so exciting for me. But just seeing what people resonate with or asking. Sometimes we ask really complicated questions and people just don't have the time to respond to those kind of things. So can you simplify it? Can you make it like an A or B? Like reply mm -hmm. A or B? Or often more than, I mean, replies are great. Don't get me wrong. I do think replies are great. But often more than anything, thinking about what they need to hear, what they your subscriber needs to hear, wants to hear, needs help with giving them something like that is probably more valuable than getting hung up on needing that reply back. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. I think that you're absolutely spot on. We are programmed to be like, well, I posted this 30 minutes ago and nothing. And it's just a little different game with email. But at the same time, at the very core, we're just trying to communicate. And I just encourage people, if you get an email from somebody who you're on their list and you resonated with it, send them a note. Like, it feels so good to get a note. I sent an email a couple weeks ago with a blog post all about writing your contact page for your website. And I got two email replies and I was like, oh my God, I'm on fire today. It's like winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just made my day that somebody took the time to reply and say, I really needed to hear this blog post. I really needed to refresh my contact page or I never thought of it that way. That's just awesome. I love that. And I don't know what, what it is about our inboxes feeling a little bit more, maybe it's more personal. So it's like, mm -hmm. if you reply, like I, we have no problem, or at least I don't have a problem like DMing someone something, but when it comes to replying to their email, it feels so personal. So I love what yeah. you're saying too, of just, I'm always all about like, if the more you give, the more you'll receive kind of thing too, right? So yes, I think it's a great idea. If you like somebody's email or found their something in their content helpful, let them know, or don't be yeah. scared to reply back to them because like you said, it might just make their day. And you could build a really cool connection with somebody that maybe doesn't get that many replies. Lots of followers on Instagram, for instance, might be more willing to have a conversation and get to know you more in an email than they would on a DM when they're getting hundreds a day or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, thinking about email as that conversation starter, I often try and make sure that when I'm writing my emails and with your help for sure, that it is thought provoking in some way, that it piques interest in some way. I don't wanna share something that everybody knows, that everybody, take for granted as knowledge, I want to share some new twist on that or some idea that they can really think about and might cause them to think about things differently. So I think that also is a great way to just put a little flair in your emails. Yeah, put a little bit of yourself in there. I always like to have a little personality. Yeah, I love that. 
So tell me a little bit about how this has worked for you and for your client in terms of your done for you services. So helping them to craft emails that really reflect who they are and their heart for their service or their product. What happens as a result of that when you are really showcasing who you are and your heart behind it? What happens as a result when you're showing up as yourself? I think people really, especially now, I think they want to feel connected. They want to know who they're buying from, who they're supporting, who they're if it's actually going to help and work, right? Because so many, there are so many options out there now. What sets you apart? What makes you the solution to their problem? So I think knowing your ideal client really well or ideal subscriber, whatever case we're in here, and just having that really strong sense of getting to know them, them getting to know you, it tends to lead to people wanting to either buy more, support you more, and also share more about you too. Mm. Sometimes it's not always about getting the sale because it in the, <laughs> it's a deep conversation if I, I really want to go there, but we don't have that much time. So the biggest thing is, is like email is a marketing platform, right? So it's hard to judge exactly what thing is going to push people into a sale. What actually shoves them to go, okay, this is the time, this is the right option for me. But I always like to think of email and any other marketing platform you use as an omni-marketing channel. So the more people see things, the rule of sevens, I think it is, although now it's probably like rules of hundreds. <laughs> like <we> just, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, the rule of seven is you have to see something seven times before you're going to buy or take action. And I'm sure like now it's a whole lot higher because of our attention spans. But I like thinking of email as something that that's just another thing that's going to help you to get that quote unquote rule of seven in front of people. Mm. So it's another way to get them to consider your offer and understand how you are going to help them and or get to know them if, again, if you're not ready to sell something at this point, just like getting to know them. And then when you are ready to sell, they're ready to buy from you because they understand that you have their best interests at heart. Mm, there's a trust there. Exactly. Yeah. I think that that's so key with any any type of marketing is you have to create that level of trust. And I love that email does that simply just by showing people who you are. I think that we have such a fear when it comes to showing up in our businesses, whether or not we're solopreneurs, we have a team or we have products or services. And I think it's just always worthwhile to try and showcase who you are, even if it's just in little tidbits, little snippets that you're comfortable with. Getting people that opportunity to know who you are and why you do what you do, that's just, that's gold, not only for creating connections, but also for eventually asking for that sale. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I think we've all been guilty of sending the email when we want something. I heard this analogy from someone else. I don't remember exactly who it was, but I do want to give credit where it's due. But they were saying, imagine you met somebody at a party and then you didn't hear from them for six months. And it wasn't you weren't like mad at each other or anything. You just life, you know, got in the way. Mm -hmm. But then in six months, they write and ask you to buy something. It's like, are you going to you? You probably don't really remember who they were and why you connected so well. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe it was a really great connection and you do. But most people probably don't. 
So mm-hmm. it's like that's kind of what you're doing when you're sending an email once or just getting them on your email list and then not asking or doing anything for six, eight right. months or whatever. And then just ex- being like, oh, I guess email. And I'm guilty of this. Don't get me. When I say this, this is I have done this in my own business. It's just like, well, why are they buying? And it's like, well, because I didn't talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have months. the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so why would I expect them to remember who I am and what I do and why I'm why it matters to them? Yeah. I'm so guilty of ghosting my email list. Before I joined the email club, I hadn't emailed my people probably in four or five months. And I was like, okay, I need to fix it because it feels icky. It's like, why do I even have them on my list if I'm not going to serve them, communicate with them, give them value? And so joining the email club was huge for me just to have a group of people and yourself included to hold me accountable for like, okay, I said I was going to email every Tuesday and I better actually do it. But not only is the accountability game-changing inside the email club, but you also give us access to templates. And I would love to dive in and talk about that. So tell the people what an email template is or looks like. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm glad you like it because it's I have so much fun in there. And, and I feel like so many of the members are getting actual results from sending email, which is yeah. my life goal. But yeah, so an email template is essentially we write templates for the members. You get three every month. And it's somewhat mostly written for you. You kind of customize your own brand to it. We give you prompts within the template too of like, tell a story about a time this happened and then sell this offer or push to reply or push to go to something more for more value, those kind of things. And so I think that that, and you tell me if this is true, but I think it helps so much because it kind of gets you started, right? I feel like that's kind of a secret to productivity is basically how can you get the ball rolling, get the ball pushed down the hill a little bit. And then once you do, it's like, oh yeah, this, I can do this. This is already basically done for me. I just plug in my little info and off it goes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. In the email world. I love it. I think too that, I mean, I find the templates really, really valuable, but I also find the prompts that you give us really valuable and they're two different things, but the prompts sometimes are exactly what I need. I just need that kernel of an idea to jump on. But when I'm literally, I told you this, when I'm in launch mode or when I'm in the midst of crazy hockey season with my kids, I need all the help I can get. So those templates become game changers. So tell me what the difference is between that little prompt and then that bigger template. Yeah, sure. So the prompts are basically like, we'll give you ideas for what to talk about. They're to, essentially what you just said to spark creativity, which I, I'm i like you. I kind of find sometimes I need a little bit of both. Sometimes I just need an idea, a little kernel of something to get my ball rolling on the idea I have. Or sometimes, like you said, we just have really, really busy times in our lives and we don't have time to sit and piece together an email or we just don't have the capacity. I've been finding I've been running out of energy or mental capacity with things a lot. And so then the template is much more written. It's mostly done for you. Most of everything you need is in there. It's just really adding your own personality, adding your own story so that it is about you and not just mm-hmm. a story about me as a wedding photographer and you're a copywriter. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that hopefully that kind of explains the difference. So one is obviously mostly written. You just, again, plug in some stuff. And then the t- the prompts give you a kernel of an idea, like five things that changed your business. And mm-hmm. then you would go, or even like three things that you use in your business every day that you couldn't live without. And then those are ways for you to put in your own Maybe you want to tell a story around it. Maybe you just want to list three things. 
maybe you just want to talk about books you're reading. You can do whatever you want with it. And that's why I, I think it works, and it sounds like it does, work pretty well for you to be able to kind of pick and choose what you need either that week or that month. Yeah. One of my favorite hacks when I write for clients is to look at magazine covers and see what magazine covers say. So they're obviously I wouldn't use this for a blog post, but like 101 things to do this year. And it's like, okay, well, that's catchy. How can I spin that and create content around it or create a really great blog post or a really great user experience in terms of the client guide? How can I spin that and take that cutesy headline and make it work for this client? And that's one of my favorite hacks. And the prompts allow for me to do the same thing. I love the opportunity to just scan through and say, okay, three must do's if you have. And then I'm like, okay, who am I writing for today? What can I use that for? And I, it works for me too. So it's double bonus. Do you find too, because we give subject lines as well mm -hmm. in there. And I, I actually sometimes find those work as prompts as well, because sometimes mm. I'll see a subject line or even if it, one of my hacks too is go through YouTube titles or even mm. just my inbox of subject lines. And sometimes that gives me, I'll see one, like you're saying, like, It'll be like, I open the door or whatever. And you're like, oh, what could I do with that? You know what I mean? Like, it, it always gives me like these. So I, I'm curious, do you find that the subject lines do that for you too? Yeah. And honestly, the emoji game in the subject lines has made me level up my own. I love a good emoji, but all of the great subject lines that you include have emojis. And so now I'm just like, it's just an email. Don't take it so seriously. Plop in an emoji. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah, freeing, freeing for sure. I have been dubbed the emoji queen and I'm pretty proud of that. So I do have to make sure I get my emojis in For somewhere. Sure. <laughs> I mean, gifts too, girl. You got to nail, nail. <laughs> I, just, I just like these. I'm a visual person. What can I say? Yes. Yes. How I do we that. live without emojis? I mean, honestly, honestly. I don't know it's... how I communicated before. No, I've definitely started to include them in everybody's swipe files that I create and everybody's copy and it's like, you know, if they don't like them, they don't have to put them in. But exactly. it helps me express myself. So I'm going to put them in. I think it's fun. Love I mean, it. I mean, it could be taken mad. But if you put a little heart after it, then you know you're not mad and we're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had to introduce my parents to emojis in text messages because they would put periods at the end of every sentence. And I'm like, stop being mad at me in text messages. I don't want to go off topic, but I do feel this is relevant. I saw a TikTok about communication versus generations and oh millennials gosh. get hurt we're both millennials. Yes. we get hurt when people just send like a thumbs up we're like are they mad is that passive aggressive <laughs> what happened to us when we were kids that makes us like question everything and the intentions of everyone yeah, crazy so your parents are probably boomers and they just yep. answer or gen x either one and they just answer very succinctly and we as millennials need a little love <laughs> yeah yeah, my mom gave me the okay period the other day, and I was like, no, no, no. I can't. Are you mad at me? That's literally no. what I wanted to say. <laughs> glad it's not just me. I'm glad it's not just me. If you're loving this episode with Shannon as much as I am, I've got a few exciting bonuses for you. Shannon is sharing a free email template with the copywriter on call audience, and you can find that link in the show notes. Plus, Shannon's offering listeners of this podcast a $25 off coupon for almost anything inside of her template, you can use the coupon code COPYONCALL. This code also applies to membership inside the email club, which of course I highly recommend. Again, visit the show notes to find all the links you need. Now back to the show. So as a copywriter, 
Templates are my jam as well. I love a good template. I call them swipe file. But I'm just wondering, why do you think it's such a game changer for somebody who is getting ready to implement something new in their business that they might not have ever done before? I think it just kind of several things, right? It gets us started again on our own idea, but also I think it gives us a little bit of validation. It kind of tells us we're doing it right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because especially if you've never done it, if you've never launched something, or if you've never had an offer, or you're maybe new to that offer, you're not sure if you're doing it right. You're kind of mm -hmm. like, is this gonna... And I mean, there's no guarantee that what the swipe file or the template is going to do it for you either. But I think it just, again, gives us that little bit of validation that, well, okay, this did work for this person. Funny enough, that actually reminded me of I had a launch sequence from someone and mm -hmm. I ran it and I ran it for myself. And then someone else had the same one and wanted me to run similar. Mm -hmm. And there was one of them that did not work for either of us. And it was very interesting, interesting. to see that there was a template in there that was just not hitting with either of our audiences. And I mean, it's, I did, re I do remember looking at it being, I don't know about this one, but I was like, oh, well, let's try it. So sometimes I think that that's another learning lesson too, right? Mm -hmm. If you go through some of these and think, I don't know if that one suits me or my brand. It's okay to either not use it or change it so that it does. Maybe use it as inspiration to create something that is you. But don't feel like you always have to word for word copy or word vomit what someone else has done. Because again, back to our whole personality thing, if we bring it back to who we are, people see that. They feel that. Yeah. They want that. They don't want someone else's energy in there. So I say this because it's like use them with a grain of salt. Make mm -hmm. sure you are also not just using it to fill something. Oh, I just need to send an email. So I'm just going to use this template and not think about how it ties in with my offer or my services or how I am as a person or how I yeah. will teach or train or whatever it is you do. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're great. And I think that they're a great way to get the ball rolling and get, I mean, we're probably all creatives anyway, right? So use that creative brain, use it to your advantage to make it your own. I think a big part of what I have found with Swipe Files is that sometimes these to-do items or these tasks are so big in our minds. If I were to walk up to a business owner and be like, okay, let's write your about page. They'd be like, oh, where do I start? What does that even look like? What should that look like for me? And so I love the structure that a template or a swipe file can give because it just gives you something to put your arms around and say, okay, I know I can think of one thing to go here and two things to go there, or I know I can put together all of these things in this order and have something be relatively coherent. That's my game changer. I feel like that's a real big key to having a swipe file or a template that works is it just gives you something to you can put your arms around. Exactly, exactly. And again, it's that validation getting you started so that you have something. Because again, that's the worst part, right? You're a writer, you know, when you sit down and you just look at a blank screen with a blinking cursor and you're just like, I don't know what to do here. So I yeah. think a template is a great, again, what you just said is a perfect way to start your structure to get the creative juices flowing. Absolutely. My last question for you is if you could help offer advice to someone who wants to start using email more effectively, but maybe they just, they're nervous. They don't know where to start. What would you tell them is a great first step? Okay, so many ideas here. So first of all, the most simple one is just start. Just start, do it imperfectly. I know that's uncomfortable, but even when I first started my email list, 
I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know 100% where I was going to go with my email list. Am I going to talk about email in my email? I didn't know. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of share what feels good to me. So I just started talking about it and saying, hey, I'm starting an email list. If anyone wants to get on it, I'm probably just going to talk about like my favorite recipes, <laughs> favorite <laughs> yoga videos I like on YouTube or whatever. Right? I just kind of didn't take it so seriously. I just started and it pivoted. It changed. I did. Now I do talk about email in most of my emails, but at the time it was, I didn't know. So I just kind of started. So I would say just start. And I think that people do get hung up on, you have to talk about business in your business emails, but you don't. Mm. There's no rule here that you have to talk about. In fact, I think people prefer that you don't only talk about business. I mean, Ed's kind of proved that last week that mm. like, People want to hear about weird stuff on your mind. So don't feel like you always have to share about business and lessons and things like that. You can totally, I've talked about chocolate chip cookies and Christmas ornaments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Emails and Steph Curry. That and was Steph a really Curry. good email. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was, yeah, that was a fun email. I think I talked about Snoop Dogg in an email too. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it. you can go anywhere with it. And I, I think that that's helpful. If, if technically we're looking for actually getting started, it's not as hard as you think, I promise. Literally just pick an email provider. It really does not matter which one. Pick the one that you like. I think Sarah and I both personally like Flowdesk. Mm -hmm. It's easy, it's pretty, it's affordable. MailerLite's another really great option for a free version of something. So you could, a free version of the email provider. So you could do MailerLite too if you wanna really go just free. I find Flowdesk is a little bit more user-friendly, but MailerLite's not bad. And then, create an opt-in page. So a way for them to get on your email list. Any email provider will walk you through this in the back end of how to do it. It's really not hard. I promise. I promise. Mm -hmm. And we're not, Sarah and I are not hugely technical people and we, we are not. And then the last thing is just start inviting people. I think people get in their head. They need to have this freebie and like freebie is a free resource to get people on your email list. Or you need to have a whole sequence of emails that welcomes them when they come in. You don't. You don't. You literally don't even need. I mean, I recommend you have a welcome email when people join your list, but you don't even have to. I didn't have one at first when I first started. Just start inviting them to your list and start emailing them every week because the more you do it, I like every week. You don't have to do every week. You can do every other week, but I like every week because it works well for my brain. It works well for my schedule. Just do it. Practice at each time. Mm -hmm. I, every week, and I'm sure, Sarah, you feel the same way. It gets easier, right? Every yes. time you do it, it's easier. So yeah. just keep going. That's key. That's so key. And honestly, I think too, just relieving all of the pressure to have it all done and perfect. Like we were talking about right at the beginning. Yeah. Would it be great if you had this beautiful welcome sequence and this wonderful freebie that everybody wanted and you were able to grow your email list overnight? Sure. But that's just not feasible at, yeah. at most or times necessary. for most people. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have to have it. But I, I do find that that trips people up quite a bit is, oh, I need to have this and that. And it needs to be, no, just, just start emailing them. Like, just, <laughs> just start. Pick a day yeah. a week and start emailing. <laughs> yeah. That's been a real game changer for me too, is picking a day of the week and sticking to it. And I started, when I first started with the email club, I'm like, okay, I'll email them twice a month. I cannot handle more than that. And I found myself wanting to write more emails, which blew my mind. Because before yeah. I would do anything to avoid like sitting there and staring at the blank screen because that blank screen is so intimidating when you're a writer. I'm a writer. I should be able to do this. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's so fascinating what happens when you start to see the value you're providing and you get that feedback, whether it's a specific email reply or 
somebody else that you know that's in your circle subscribing to your list, that's a beautiful thing. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if you start out wanting to email your list every so often and it gets more frequent. Yep. I'm so happy to hear that because that's exactly what's happened to me. I've almost gotten to wanting, I don't yet, but I want to almost email twice a week. And I never, ever would have thought that'd be me, ever. So it's mm. just one of those things, like you said, as you start doing it, you start thinking, oh, I could put that in my email this week. And it's just, it. I don't know. I think it becomes fun. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Once you relieve the pressure and you stop trying to be perfect and you just show up and provide value and share who you are, it becomes fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super good. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. I am sending you a big virtual hug and cannot wait to share this episode with the Copywriter On Call audience. Be sure to check out the email club. Like I said, it has been wonderful for the way I communicate with my audience and the way I make money. As always, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this is your copywriter on call signing off. Thanks again, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Copywriter On Call podcast. If this episode has you feeling all sorts of inspired to show up as yourself online, click that subscribe button so you don't miss my stories or practical advice to help you express your quirky, vulnerable, and authentic self online. Chat soon. Love listening to the Copywriter On Call podcast? Ratings and reviews mean everything to podcast hosts like me. I like to think of it as a modern day spin on fan mail. Your feedback helps me share my show with more creative business owners just like you who want to feel empowered to show up authentically online. Thanks for listening.